only get Welcome to the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. And actually, this will be the last chapter in the story of Crazy Bill, at least for a while. So we're going to start off with what we learned about ourselves, what we learned about our dad, uh, maybe some of our favorite memories. So any surprises after doing this? This is going to be our 13th episode. What did you wow. learn? Yeah. What did you learn, New? Well, I think one thing that I learned new, um, I guess in a way I probably always kind of knew it, but just what a man of contradictions he was. How do you mean? Like, I, well, I feel like some of the themes of our episodes kind of hit on it, like how he was all for social justice, but had kind of a racist past and, um, you know, was kind, but sort of had a temper too. Just does that make sense? Like he just wasn't like a simple person at all, even though he liked to sometimes claim he was. That's a good point. Yeah, because he would always say like, "Oh, I'm a simple man," but actually he wasn't really at all. <clears throat> yeah, no, he he would always say that. And one of his favorite songs was um, "Simple Man" by Billy Thorpe, and he would always say like, "This is my song. It's all about my life." And really? So yeah, I don't know if you know that song. I mean, it's a good song, oh. but why don't you sing yeah. it for me real quick? Give me a simple life fit for a simple man. If you take this conversation to the limit, and then I don't know the rest. <laughs> that's, that's a little awesome. bonus our listeners are getting. Yeah. That's, man, I hope you don't get sued by ASCAP. But no, go ahead. Yeah, I hope your ass doesn't get sued or whatever you just said. Um, <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> I don't know yeah. where I was. But <laughs> well, just that he was a guy full of contradictions. Yes. yes. Even though he said he was a simple man. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, was there anything that I told you, any stories that I told you that surprised you? Where you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Well, there were some where like, I kind of knew like the vague outlines, but I didn't know, like, <clears throat> I didn't know them in such a detail. Like, um, the road trip to Mexico, um, you know, yeah. it's one thing to hear that he was drunk, but another thing to hear like all the crazy shit that like was being said or being done or <clears throat> being contemplated by you, like when you almost <laughs> hijacked him. Yeah, you know, you just you just gun on him and force him to pull yeah. over the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of drove <laughs> some of that home. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah, when I didn't know how to drive, that was the thing. Like I was like, okay, I can pull, I can yeah. force him to pull over, I guess. But then where are we? You know. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, you, maybe you could have figured it out. If like, I don't. I mean, dude, just put keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel, right? It was like a. It was a. You know, it had gears. It wasn't an automatic. Like it would have been easy enough to just drive an automatic, but to drive a six speed or five speed from you know to south of Tucson to Phoenix on the freeway, maybe doesn't seem like oh. the best place to learn how to shift gears. Okay, whatever. I'm just saying, if if no, you really wanted to, you could have done it. <laughs> right. If you really were motivated, that, Josh. That was the problem. I wasn't motivated to learn how to drive on the fly with a drunk man in, in the car. <laughs> well, I probably would have had to keep a gun on him while I was driving <laughs> so he didn't do something silly. <laughs> Talk about like, um, you know, the gospel of, uh, what do they call it? It's like nowadays... Like, it's not the gospel of Jesus, but it's the gospel of wealth. You know, like, oh, that person's poor because they didn't work hard enough. Not because oh yeah, yeah. society. Right. All right. What is What does that have to do with that, though? Well, like, oh, you just didn't want to learn how to drive bad enough when you were 13 <laughs> or 14. <laughs> I guess. Just... But anyways, what else? I, I know you said you were surprised at uh, that we've. Actually, I looked yesterday. I think we've had 660 listens. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really surprised. Like, I thought, you know, our immediate family, or at least the ones we wanted to share it with, would listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of our close friends, but like, you know, 600 some people isn't the world, but it's more than I thought. What about you? 
No, it's more than I thought. And it's funny it's because great. actually I wasn't going to really tell any friends. Like I really did this mm-hmm. more for me. I remember. Yeah. More for me and you and like a little bit of a family history for when my kids are old enough. Not even old enough. Honestly, I, I think I want to wait till I'm 30 because I don't want to be giving them any bright ideas when they're 18. You know, wait like, till you're 30. No, you said, wait, you said, I want to wait, dude, that's 20 years in the past. (laughs) (laughs) I want to wait till they're 30. Oh, got it. Really? Well, I don't know, really. I mean, probably they'll get it out of me beforehand, but I'm just saying. They'll find a way to get to it at some point. Like That's true. Yeah. As soon as they start having like a smartphone and learning about stuff. Yeah. But I mean. You know, and it's funny because I think about this with dad sometimes, like sometimes he told me some stories and he's like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you that. Now you're going to like mm-hmm. do something similar or whatever. And actually I didn't, not, not even any of the stories he not, you know, he just talked about right, crazy right. bar fights and stuff. And I yeah. didn't get any crazy bar fights. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I do think about that. Like I don't want to glorify the stupid things that I've done. No, I even though I'll be the first to admit that, yeah, I'm kind of happy I did them. So it kind of leaves me in a little bit of a bind. <laughs> like I don't want to glorify them to my kids, even though I'm happy to kind of relive them and I'm happy that I did them for me. But that's also because I'm, you know, if I was sitting in jail, I probably, you know, it's because I have a yeah. comfortable middle class, really boring life. Like, boring good you know it's exciting to me right but, right right you know i don't yeah. worry about how the bills are going to get paid and yeah yeah you know so it's yeah. mm-hmm. no it kind of reminded me of um what you were saying in our shop in our thieves guild episode when i asked you if you had any regrets and you're kind of like no no not really i don't and like i'm paraphrasing but yeah it kind of yeah. no i get it i get it so that's why I, even though yes my kids will probably listen to this before they're 30 or 40 but yeah. that ideally it would be like after they've gone through, cause I have no doubt just being Chris, they'll do their crazy stuff, but hopefully, right. You know, right. Um, but I was also going to say that I think this podcast drove home to me that in a way dad was more of like a real dad with you. Like sometimes it felt like he was kind of hard on you. Do you think he was like, sometimes like, Oh, Jesse didn't do the dishes or Jesse didn't do this or Jesse didn't do that. And he never really gave me a hard time, but maybe he was just, you know, bitching about me to you and you to me. I don't know. But like, I feel like dad was more of a, for good and for bad. And actually when I was a young, when I first moved out there, when I was 13, I loved that he was kind of more of an older brother than a father figure. I mean, he was a father figure for sure. But you know, when I said, oh yeah, you know, when grandma goes out of town, we should, take her car and like cruise Lincoln Avenue and he's or uh, cruise Central Avenue. He's like, really? And I just thought like the idea was going to die there. But then when grandma left town for San Diego with aunt Julie, he's like, okay, let's hop in the car. And we stopped at the seven 11 and bought some like Everclear or something like that and put it in our Cokes from <laughs> Burger King and like cruised <laughs> around. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel, do you think I'm wrong? I do feel like he was more of like, fatherly towards you than big brotherly towards you yeah you think i'm wrong i i think i think you're right um yeah like, like did yeah he did drugs with dad not till i was older <clears throat> not really as an adult yeah and you what just like smoked like i know you had done the acid the once but did he ever like hey do you want some of these drugs i forget how it came up but like he so like after I did the acid and told him about it, he kept kind of on and off would ask me to get him some. Yeah. And then like, I forget how, but at some point it turned into like, why don't you like buy a hit for each of us or something and we'll do it together. Did you get some? And, yeah. But it turned out to be super duper weak. Like barely, like, like I'm not shitting you, like barely noticeable at all. Like <laughs> kind of oh, a, okay. like a vague overall trippy feeling but nothing like that weird or anything no no light tracers or anything like no but um you know it it was supposed to be stronger than that and we were going to see um elo actually electric light orchestra in concert yeah that's when he wanted to do it and uh, wow did you guys drive there well no 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 they actually canceled at the last minute so it was kind of a bummer so we just kind of like walked around in the rain and talked but Really? I didn't yeah, know. No, it's not for long, but it was cool. It was nice. 
That that is cool. That is. I nice. think. Yeah, I think that's the only time we actually did drugs. But see, like before you got there, like I done like I we definitely like got drunk together. Yeah, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Right. And I remember once when he was drunk, he offered me a line of coke, and I did it. And he offered me a line of meth like two or three times. And his girlfriend Bonnie didn't like that. And he thought she was to kill Joy. <laughs> she wow. was just a re- responsible adult, honestly. Um, yeah. And I think, and, and then I did one line of like what he called brown coke with her, mm-hmm. which you know later on I, I I have also in other occasions, you know, not with dad, with other people, done mm-hmm. some quote unquote brown coke, which is basically like a mix of coke and heroin. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, I've snorted drugs like four or five times with him, mm-hmm. and we drank a lot. And I don't, he never really liked marijuana. I smoked a lot. Yeah. Of no, he he never teenager. did. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because now that I'm an adult, like you know, now that marijuana is legal, I have a vape mm-hmm. pen, but I actually get like the weakest and the highest in CBDs. Like basically, mm. I, I want the relaxation, but I don't. I want it more like a Valium than like this like crazy stoner. Right. Head trip. Yeah. I yeah. just start getting paranoid. Yeah. But yeah, so you're like, yeah, like me and dad did drugs together and all that stuff. And, you know, again, I personally don't regret it. I, mm-hmm. as a dad, though, I'm kind of aghast, frankly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, and, I think, and, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. No, I think when my kids are adults, like one, like if they're older, I don't care if they smoke weed. The only drug Mm -hmm. I could see really doing with my kids is like a camping trip, like when they're adults and doing some mushrooms. Because I honestly think Mm -hmm. mushrooms and psychedelics, like I know there's a lot of stuff in the press about how it can help cure depression. And but I and I've actually believed this for a long time because I've had some insights on mushrooms even into my like 30s that were oh, like for sure mm-hmm. for the better so like yeah. that's one of those things that i think used almost like shamanistically if that doesn't sound too obnoxious uh I, I do think you can get some benefits from from like ritualized use in the right place and the right place is usually nature of, of psychedelics but no, that's about I, it yeah no i agree i agree did i tell you though one time when i was living in san francisco he came out to visit and I took him out. I forget, but there was some little bar. You know how we all lived like really close to each other, me and you? Yeah, in the Lower Hate. Yeah. The Lower Hate. There was some bar on Hate Street, and I don't remember the name of it, but it kind of like the layout was kind of like a cavern. Do you remember what that place was? Oh, yeah. That was Knock. That's Knock Knock. Knock Knock. Yeah. I yeah. took him there. And like to him, he like teared up. He just thought like a grown son taking his dad to the bar for a drink was like the coolest thing in the world. Did that ever happen? Cool. Something like that ever happen to you? Yeah, I mean, we'd had some drinks together. Like, I know the last time we went camping was in Big Basin, and mm-hmm. I brought along, like, a small thing of Jim Beam or something like that, and he drank most of it, and then he's like, oh, pour yourself one. I was like, well, you kind of drank it all. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, son. <laughs> so, like, we'd had drinks together as an adult, mm-hmm. but like we never got drunk together, but you know, like okay. as he got older, he got less and less, you know, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Like hardcore, less extreme mm-hmm. in his alcohol use. Like he could have a few drinks and yeah, he, he might like to catch a buzz, but he, he would never get like falling down drunk. Like he would when we were growing up. And you know, right. though that leads me to my big kind of insight into dad there's this book called A Fan's Notes, and it's about this guy who's kind of a ne'er-do-well, but he's a fantastic writer. And I guess the same is true in real life. Like, you know, he just kind of drank all the time, and he happened to write this one book that is just beautiful and amazing. And there's this line in there, and he's like, you know, I know that all the doctors are searching for the root cause of alcoholism. He's like, and I'll t- I can tell you right, right here and now, and I totally believe this. The root cause of substance abuse, be it alcohol or anything else, is sadness. And I think doing this podcast really drove home the kind of depth of dad's sadness. Mm. Although I don't want to digress too much, but like, no, do you think That's that kind of takes? Do you think that kind of takes away from the whole like addiction is a disease thing? 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of does. And, but see, I, also, mm -hmm. I, I kind of am... One, I think we pathologize way too many things. Like this, mm. is, this is a disease. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it's like, it's not always wrong, but I just think we need to be careful of that instinct to apologize to pathologize behaviors. I personally think, like, I have this. You know, I've written it before, just in like a short story or something like that. But I mean, I think drug abuse is a very um, it's a rational response to basically living in an irrational evil world. But, you know, so yes, I, I actually think it's, it makes perfect sense. Like if, if you realize the depth of the suffering in this world and the depth of the unfairness and just that, yes, there is evil in this world, it kind of makes a certain sense, I, I think, but I think it's one of those things where the cure, I don't want to say is worse than the disease, but you know, I, if I was being glib, I'd be like, the cure is worse than the disease. Like, I think we have to, you know, and I'm all pro better living through chemistry, however mm -hmm. that, whatever that means. Right. But I do think that, you know, drug use and abuse can eventually lead to more misery instead of just an elite, a temporary, like, you know, oh, yeah, people yeah. Could, like do heroin once a week on the weekends and just, you know, take a, you know, what I call like a chemical vacation or like chemical mm -hmm. first class, you know, um, you know, if you want to take a chemical first class vacation for a night and you can live your life normally, great. But unfortunately the, the, you know, the algebra of need or, you know, the algebra of substance use and abuse kind of starts to take on its own logic and starts to create yet more suffering than you would have had just by like learning to live with the suffering and the, the sadness in the world as it is. So yeah. does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. So what else, what else did you learn? Um, well, I don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but um, I would don't know if surprise is the right word, but I was really impressed with both of us, how open we were with all of our past issues and all of our experiences, you know, like, yeah, not that I thought we wouldn't be, but it's one thing, one thing to think about, like either of us opening up in the abstract, but then like when it comes down to it, actually like talking and just being so open and listening to what we said i was kind of like again i don't know if surprise is the right word but maybe a little bit but mostly just impressed like in a good way you know yeah yeah no that makes that makes sense no me too i mean and you kind of inspired me you know oh yeah uh, and it's no in it yeah because mm -hmm. you were totally because and i think one of the other really things that i've liked about this project is things that yes we would have talked about you know, and especially with the pandemic going on and not being able to hang out in person, mm -hmm. like we talked about in a very kind of structured and constructive way, like, hey, so tell me, you know, I'm sure it would have come up like, dude, when, when you had your break with reality, like what, what was going on first? But I don't think right. either of us would have broken down a lot of the things about ourselves or about our dads in the same way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, just, just one, just kind of having that connection with you, especially, you know, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. And two, like really kind of examining and spending time with our past. And, you know, for every, for every time that a listener hears this podcast once, you know, through editing, I've listened to it at least four or five times and you've listened to it probably at least twice, you know, cause I usually send you like the near final and then, you know, usually Ellen has some good, good feedback mm -hmm. and then I send you the final. So, you know, so, you know, not only do I, do we have these conversations, which is fulfilling in and of itself, mm -hmm. but then I listen to these conversations again. And I, you know, there's times when if we kind of say the same thing twice, Sometimes I'll cut it, and sometimes if it, if I feel like it adds, if it's worth it, if it adds enough nuance, I'll I'll keep it. Yeah. But so I'm living with this stuff 
you know, for every hour of listening, there's probably five or 10 or maybe even like 20 hours of editing, just kind of depending on if we had technical difficulties or whatever. So, you know, I'm spending at least 10 ish hours with every episode of listening. So, wow. So in a way it's been cool to, it's like, you know, there's this concept of like deep time, like, you know, the beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. This has almost been like deep recollection or deep thinking about the past. Yeah. And, and, you know, while we're at it, while I'm kind of like not on a soapbox, but kind of like, you know, talking about these things, like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you only have the present, like you can't worry about the past, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you can't worry about the past. You can't change the past. But the past is the fuel that got us to this present. And I feel like without understanding the past, mm. we're kind of selling ourselves short. And we're kind of not really examining our lives as much as they could be. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't, does that make any sense? That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, go ahead. Oh, well, you know, and I was also going to say, so I'm reading some um, books. I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll text you the books later, but about the age of discovery. So that's, mm-hmm. you know. Marco Polo going going to China and like working for, you know, the grandson of Genghis Khan for 20 something years. Right. Uh, I read about Columbus's three or four voyages. And I actually just last night finished a book about uh, Magellan, who like is the mm. first person to circumnavigate the globe. Right. And yesterday I was actually working on a writing project of mine, you know, kind of plumbing, you know, plumbing the depths of the past again. And I realized you know, Magellan's voyage 600 years ago is better documented than the year 1989 in my life, which is just weird because anything Mm -hmm. pre-internet is already kind of, you know, that's just some normal dude like me, but it's just weird because like I can look at my emails from say 1995, you know, if it happened before 1995 and before Facebook and before Twitter and before, you know, Gchat and text messages and all that stuff, like it's just my memory. It's just our memory. Like, you know, these these Mm. explorers from 600 years ago have more, have, you know, we can reconstruct what they did better 600 years ago than what I did in 1989, which is what, 32 years ago. Yeah. That's really interesting. So that's a weird thing. Yeah. But it's, it's, it makes me happy that we're doing this because Mm -hmm. in a way I feel like, you know, so dad died in 2015, it's 2021 now, February of 2021, six years ago. And I feel like we did this podcast, like we could have done it earlier and maybe some memories would have been fresher, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we did it at a good time when his death was fresh enough where we still kind of felt it and thought about it, but not so fresh that we kind of hadn't made our peace with it. Um, Right. And the memories are still there and they're still fresh, but they're not too fresh. Like we kind of have it. I I feel like we did it by accident at kind of the right time to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think about what I said about dad being harder on you? Do you think I'm right? Because it just felt like he wrote you know, more than he wrote me. I think a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. He did bitch about you, but... And I don't... To be honest, I don't... Yeah, like, don't get me started, but... But I don't remember, like, at the time how that felt. Or even, right. like, having a sense that he was harder on me, but... But yeah, like when I look back on it, it does seem that way. Yeah. I don't, do you think, I just had a thought too. Do you think maybe he was afraid of like pushing you away? But if he was too like hard or whatever? I don't know. Like since you did try to get away before. Or you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did. Yeah, maybe that's a good, I, I actually think it came from seeing how he was probably a little too lax with me. And he's like. You know, in a way, I kind of didn't do Josh any favors by, like, you know, doing drugs with him. Like, Mm -hmm. and then there he goes. Then, like, two years later, he's living in a drug-dealing household. So I think that was, uh, honestly, I think that was probably it more than being afraid of, like, pushing me away. Mm. 
Frank, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think he was like, oh yeah, like if I'm too much of a big brother in a way, like no, kids need like some boundaries and some guidelines, like even, you know, even, yeah. even Josh who like, yeah, he's like extremely independent and strong willed and all this stuff. But I kind of wasn't doing him any favors by like treating him more like a peer than my son. Right. Right. You know, what would yeah. dad, what no, would dad bitch about right. me? I can guess, but I'm just curious. Like, do you remember? I know my, I had a terrible temper when I was younger. You did. But honestly, just what I remember him bitching about would be like, he thought you were kind of um, like, I don't know if flaky's the right word, but kind of like not good about keeping your obligations, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Like, oh, your brother said he would. Yeah. I mean, not, he wasn't, and no, not no, like no, a big deal kind of way. I'm not going to get mad. I'm just curious. Yeah, just, no, just sort of like a, yeah, you know, your brother said he was going to blah, 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 but he didn't. Um, About just things that don't even matter much now, but just, those are the things that like strike me right now, at least when you ask me that. Yeah. No, and I can What did you think he was going to, yeah. Well, either my temper, just because I remember like, I threw a coffee cup against the wall a couple times and broke it. And I just would kind of throw things like I kind of just had a really bad temper, especially when I like just first started college. Um, mm. And, you know, I think that was just a lot of just issues that I hadn't really dealt with. I just think I was dealing with a lot of like change and pain. And, you know, I started college early, which was cool, but it was also kind of difficult um, you know, so yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's it. That's, that's, that's what it was. Um, and you know, oh, and I was going to say, I wish he was around because now that I'm a dad and I tell my kids stuff and they don't listen to me, I think that's, I don't think it was that like, I thought to myself like, oh, okay, I said, I'm going to do this. I'll go do it. I just think when dad talked, I would just kind of tune him out sometimes. Cause I remember he would always be like, can you just close the door, please? I don't want to like air condition all of Phoenix and like little <laughs> things like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh -huh. okay. Uh -huh. And I just wouldn't really like, I just kind of tune him out at a certain point and I see my kids doing the same with me and I'm like, Oh, me too. Yeah. I'll even like be like, okay, just look at, hold on, look at me, look at me and open your ears for a second. Can you please X, Y, Z? I'm not mad. I just, don't want to have to like heat that because here in San Francisco, the heater's on, you know, most of the year. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, so I totally get his frustration and just how he must have been like, God, if he just would have taken the one second to listen to me, I wouldn't have had to say it 300 times. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I get that. Yeah. What else? So what are your, some of your favorite memories with dad? Um, you know, to be honest, just like rather than concrete things, because it's weird. It's not like we were like a lot of families who took like summer vacations or whatever, you know. So like did you ever take a vacation with dad, by the way? I don't know if you did. Um I mean a few camping trips, but okay. Not like a destination except okay. except Disneyland when he got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, they should put that on their postcard. Um, exactly. <laughs> or Knott's Berry Farm should put it on their post their posters. Or, like, yeah, Knott's Berry hey, Farm. When your dad gets arrested, at least you get to come to Knott's Berry Farm. You yeah. know? <laughs> but no, just more than anything, I would say our talks. Um, oh, really? Just sitting around talking. Okay. Either about like deep stuff or just stupid shit. Our good nights, remember, like, when he would go to bed, mm -hmm. he would he would have both of us talk to him, and you call right. him, like, let's have a good night, um, stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think kind of like Len was saying in New Daughter, like, I picked up his conversational skills. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that must have been a big influence on me, like, all of our conversations. Yeah. You know, and just, um, I also think he instilled like a good sense of music and films in me too. Like he had good taste for such kind of a crazy wild guy. 
He did. Actually, I um, had quoted, like I, I got into some pretty decent university in London, but then I didn't mm -hmm. like the courses. So I went to a different college, but I had to like write a letter to get in. And I was saying like how like, yeah, you know, I grew up with my mom, you know, I, or I just grew up watching like whatever, whatever movies were in the theaters. Mm -hmm. And like my father, like kind of opened my eyes to Lawrence of Arabia, The Godfather. Like he had really, he did have really good taste. Like yes. really um, for somebody who was so like anti-bougie, like very like, you know, him and the New Yorker. Yeah, very sophisticated. And like he really yeah. loved foreign movies. Like he turned me on to Akira yeah. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Ron to this day. Like mm -hmm. Ron yeah. is, you know, such an amazing interpretation of King Lear. And his music his music taste was good for sure, but it was, you know, limited, mm -hmm. kind of limited to the classic rock genre. Whereas I felt like with movies he yeah. had like more, you know, Brazil being there you know, whatever, French films, Italian films, Japanese films, American films, British films, whatever. And he was very uh, kind of like period agnostic. You know, one of his favorite movies was Shane. So he just liked all kinds of stuff. Were you going to talk about his books? His his. Oh, well, I his, mean, yeah, that's that's another thing. Like, do you think that his love of literature kind of rubbed off on you? Or do you think, because I know you like were a big reader before, but did he like kind of influence what you read? He, yeah, he did for sure. Because when I actually, when I wrote the letter asking to live with him in Pennsylvania, that's not, so we were at our grandma's spending summer in Pennsylvania. I couldn't sleep one night. I wrote him a letter and I was like, yeah, I've been reading Isaac Asimov and Dune and this, and mm. just naming a lot of the classic sci-fi stuff. And he, when I showed up, he said like, oh, have you read any Philip K. Dick? And I hadn't. So he kind of turned me on to, you know, Philip K. Dick for sure. And I don't remember who else, but like that kind of darker, more melancholy, more thoughtful strain of science fiction. And yeah. I actually remember, you know, so he was really big into history and I'd never gotten, you know, even in my 20s or 30s, I didn't really get that big into history. But I remember I knew that his, like, he wasn't really the same person person anymore like I, I knew that he was at the end of his life and i i know i've told you about this like seeing and, you know seeing my kids you know having a little baby at home while my dad was in the last couple years of his life i kind of realized it takes us a few years to kind of become who we are and then i think at the end of our life that who we are starts to kind of unravel again um and it's funny because i always think about like when was he peak bill and like when will I be like peak Josh and when will you be like peak Jesse? Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, because mm -hmm. I do think yeah, we yeah. come, we, we come undone a bit or we can, it, it happens where we kind of become less who we are at the end of our lives. And in a weird, like that might sound sad or mm. depressing, but in a way I, there's a certain like kind of beautiful symmetry to that, that it takes us a while to become who we are. We are who we are for a bit. And then who we are starts to unravel again. And we kind of, go back to where we came you know yeah yeah um but i remember yeah, no, I, I, like, I like that and i remember i kind of i i realized this because i had just read um the rise and fall of the third reich and i was maybe about like 41 42 something like that so you know he only had like another year or two to live and I was really excited. I was like, hey, dad, I'm reading The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Because he'd always said like, oh, I love history. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Things, something that especially these last, you know, couple years, it's so true. Like truth is stranger, more amazing, more surprising, more interesting than fiction. I've come to really, really oh, yeah. see that worn out. And he's just like, oh, okay. Oh, that's good. No, that's a good one. And I was like, yeah. So do you remember the part? And I, I just named something like, yeah. And he, he was just like, oh, you have kind of son. That was a long time ago. I'm really tired. And huh. I was just, I was bummed. I was like, oh man, I thought I was going to have this like great conversation with dad about like one of his very favorite books. And he was just kind of too tired for it. And I was like, ah, oh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, one of those things yeah. where you're like, "Ooh, man, I see what's going on here. It's and it's not great." 
Yeah. So did, did that happen a lot? It didn't happen too many times just because I didn't really get into history until he was kind of at the end of his life. Right. Um, so no, it didn't, but it's just kind of a matter of timing. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. So but, like, I mean, yes, uh-huh. but he, but to answer your question, yeah, he definitely influenced my reading and my taste. And like, I don't, I don't know. I think I probably, I might've gotten into history anyways, but mm-hmm. who knows, but he definitely right. influenced my, my, my reading and my taste. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know those weren't like <clears throat> memories per se, but what are your favorite memories of him or like thoughts? Yeah. I mean, like you said, the talking, I mean, one, I have very fond memories of like the time we cruised Central. I have very mm. fond memories of like the times, like going and living with dad was kind of, it was like, oh, here's this person who, instead of shutting down my crazy ideas, is actually probably a little <laughs> bit crazier and wilder than me. Like, dad is one of the few people I've met in my life who is like, definitely wilder than me right and so i have great memories of like our camping trips where you know i shot a rabbit there was once i was coming back into into camp and i shot at a rabbit but i missed it and then suddenly there was this like rattlesnake on the path in front of me and dad was about 30 feet away and i was like uh and i shot at it from the hip and dad shouts at me. I was like 13, 14. He shouts at me. He's like, aim from the shoulder. Take your time. Take its head off. And so I just like listened to him and just aimed down the site right at this rattlesnake's head, pulled the trigger. And dude, that rattlesnake's head evaporated. And he's like, good yeah. job, son. It's like, I have great memories of like those <laughs> kind of times together. Mm-hmm. But in more of my adult years, like two things that stick out. One, that photo of him in black and white where he's drinking coffee. Um, yeah. Like that photo is really special to me because I think I'd come home. It was the weekend. I'd come home really late, like two or three or four. I think it was four-ish, four-ish, 4.30 in the morning. I don't know where I was. I don't remember. But dad was happy to see me. He was getting ready for work, I think. I think he happened to do a weekend shift. And um, he, he was sitting there drinking coffee and we were just having like a nice little conversation. And he drank that coffee and I just looked at him and I realized, you know, this is one of those moments in time I'm going to remember forever. And I took a picture and I took a, actually a bunch of pictures, but I was like, I have to capture this moment. And I got this one shot of him, which, you know, technically probably not museum quality, but it's like of him moving, you know, he's drinking some coffee. The focus is a little soft. The curtains are this like really rich kind of pearly white and the blacks are really black. It was my favorite film at the time. They don't make it anymore. Mm. And like that morning was just it sticks out in my mind because it's also emblematic of so many other, you know, late night, early mornings around those times. Like, you know, I'm a college student out doing my thing, staying up late on the weekends, whatever, you, you know, maybe leaving, leaving the house on a Friday night and then spending two nights at Jamie's and coming back like Sunday night on dad, you know, he would say like, can you just let me know you're not dead, son? But it was really more like roommates kind of situation. And I really got to, I remember when I was 23, because that's the age he was when he had me, I really saw dad as a person. I was like, wait, I'm the same age he was when he had me. And I think I really appreciated how much responsibility he had to take on at such a young age. And I know it was more the norm back then, but I don't know, just turning the same age he was when he had me really helped me see him as a person and not just as my dad and really appreciate him as a person. So that, that morning, and then also, um, 
Was one of them um, taking a nap on his bed? Oh, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was in my like, you know, mid to late-ish 20s. And I'd had a fight with my girlfriend. And I think I told him I was going to come by and see him. And I was just super tired. And I'd just gotten off of work. And I was like, Dad, I'm tired. I might go home and sleep. He's like, well, you can just sleep in my bed if you want. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I slept, you know, I slept in his bed and it was, I don't know, it was just, there was just something so sweet about him being like, mm-hmm. you know, like take a load off. Like, no, don't worry. Just lay down in my bed. Like refresh yourself, revive yourself. And, yeah, you know, cool. like waking up and like looking over at his things, it really, mm-hmm. I don't know, just, yeah, that's like, that's like a favorite memory too, because I mean, that's another thing, just being a big napper in general, like dad was, I feel like there's this huge puritanical thing in our society where people, if they're tired, they just feel like they need to push through it. And like dad definitely like rejected that puritanical notion of like, if you're tired, oh, well, just deal with it. He's like, if you're tired, you're like, that's not, that's not our, that's not our natural state. Like if a dog's tired, it doesn't like push through, drink coffee, it lays down and sleeps. And I, so yeah, that was a time that that was a favorite memory. But yeah, but just in general, just talking. And then also yeah. just the last, the last days of his life, even when he wasn't talking, even when he wasn't verbal anymore, yeah, we listened to music and I played some of his favorite albums and that was cool too. Like I, mm-hmm. and he responded and I have actually read since that you should play music to people who are on their deathbed because- mm-hmm. Like, I guess the sense of hearing is one of the last things to go. Yep. And that's, that's a sweet memory too. So yeah, I have a, I have a lot of really sweet memories with dad. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I feel too, like it would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit. And at least this is like in a weird sort of way, one of my favorite, <clears throat> again, like not concrete moment in time, but just overall memory were some of his colorful expressions. Oh my like, gosh, he had so much. What were some of your favorites? Um, you know, lately I've been thinking to myself, and it's partly because of COVID-19, like I feel like the government way underreacted and the populace probably way overreacted. And I love his saying, you know, he would say it in traffic. Like he had a, like a lot of his best expressions came out while he was driving because he was really an aggro driver. Like he had no oh, patience yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. anything. Yeah. And say like somebody wouldn't make a left quick enough in front of him or make a right or whatever. He would shout out like, scared, join a church. And I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> uh-huh. It's one of those things. The more you think about it, the better it is. Like, are, you know, if you're scared, then maybe you should sign up and it, for some sort of belief in the afterlife. So I like, I like scared, join a church. Um, I think we've talked about bend over, make it a love story. Um, you know, one of the things that I actually like quote a lot to my friends and coworkers is if it was fun, they wouldn't call it work. Like sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And then I'm like, well, as my dad said, if it was fun, they wouldn't call it work. And if it was really fun, you'd pay them for it instead of them having to pay you. Yeah, so I like that. That's a good one. Bend he over also, and make it a love story. The what? What? I kind of forget. Like, what is that about? So if if like we were complaining to dad about something, or just it was it, basically it's like it's a very vulgar way to say like you know stop your griping. Basically, like hey, like oh dad, blah 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 blah. This happened. Traffic. Blah 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 blah. Right. Or especially if it's complaining about him, like, Dad, you know, you said you were going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And he, he would be like, bend over and make it. He's like, well, you can just <laughs> bend over and we'll make it a love story. Yeah, but like when you think about it, like, what the hell? Yeah, like, when you think yeah. about it, what the hell? Um, I know that he would uh, – there's also another one that I kind of like think to myself a lot. And he said said something along the lines of, you know – Avoid the appearance of impropriety because the appearance of impropriety usually leads to the act itself. Yes, that's a good one. And this happened. And actually, I remember the first time he, he we went to like pizza somewhere with some of his friends from work or something. 
And there, you know, there was like a teenage girl, like a couple years older than me. I was like 13 ish. She was like 16, 17, 15, 16, 17. There's this guy there. And the guy gave her like a really enthusiastic kind of like creepy hug, but she gave him an enthusiastic creepy hug back. And in the car, I was like, uh, what's the deal with that guy and that girl? And he looked at me and he was totally surprised. He's like, did you see that? And it, like, I remember like he was always like surprised that I kind of noticed like quote unquote adult things. Even when I was like, thir- like I'd made a joke once I was like, Oh, discover card, like those credit cards for people who can't get other credit cards. And he was like, how do you know? I was like, well, just the way they advertise it, it's clear, you know, that it's uh-huh. basically a credit card for people who can't, you know, who have bad mm-hmm. credit. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and about that girl and the guy, he is like, um, yeah, you know, who knows? It just looks weird. And honestly, the best way to avoid something actually happening is just to avoid the appearance of something happening. And as it turned out later, like this like 30-something-year-old guy and a 16-year-old girl had some sort of relationship and the guy, the parents got upset and the guy got arrested and he's like, you called it, son. I got to give you credit. Like nobody else seemed to see it except you and me. You know, uh, I don't know. Wow. That's but cool. that's, that was just one of my favorite sayings of his. Just, mm-hmm. he, you know, he had a real moral, you know, a promise made is a debt unpaid. Yeah. Was one of his big sayings. And he had a lot of really good, just, he had a really good moral center. And I think that's why, and I know I've said this before, but him kind of not respecting people's like space. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that's why his cleanliness thing kind of bugged me because it, it got to the point of being just disrespectful. And he was always so into like being respectful and, you know, just, you know, he even said like, you know, uh, manners are the, the the lubricant of society yeah Yeah. that most people sometimes slip on but still we have to try so you know and i remember even like when he had said something about not wanting to put on a shirt for a you know dinner at a lens mom's house i was like dad you're the one who said you know manners are the lubricant of society like don't you think that wearing a clean thing to a nice dinner is well-mannered so anyways Mm -hmm. but you know for the most part except 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 for the cleanliness thing, I feel like he had a really solid moral center. Yeah. How about, how about some of your favorite sayings? Those are good. Um, there was always take a picture it lasts longer, yeah. which I think about a lot. And it's funny today in traffic, I was thinking of the, if you're scared, join the church. Cause yeah, it's like, I'm starting to get it. Like maybe I'm getting older and more like him, but it's like, come yeah. on, life is short. Just go. Um, yeah. Take a picture, make it last longer, um, or it'll last longer. I always kind of like bend over and make it a love story, even though I never really, it just sounded kind of weird and just like whatever, but, um, right. I don't know. Bite the ball bag, bitch. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like just cause it was so ridiculous and so like, <laughs> just so ridiculous, so ridiculous and so tacky. Or class, just, just, I guess, like just so vulgar. You would basically just use it as a way to for us to stop giving them a hard time or stop <laughs> people from giving a hard time. It's like, oh yeah, you kids, blah 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 blah. Like uh-huh. it's called a living room, not a cleaning room. And like, oh, I just bite the ball bag, bitches. <laughs> God. Um. Anything else? Um. Well, I wanted to ask you, what do you think dad would think if like somehow, some way he could listen to these? What do you think we he would think about what, everything we've talked about him? I mean, I think he would like it that we are talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think he would be like a little bit embarrassed about his past. I think he would appreciate, though, that we've given him a lot of credit for being a person who can change. I think he would, like, maybe be surprised that we actually saw that in him because, you know, I think he was proud of kind of the changes he made in his life. Um, What do you think? 
No, I agree. I think more than anything, I think he would be happy that we were talking about him. Like, Really? Yeah, and that we were like kind of keeping him alive in a sense. Because you yeah. know how like they say like, you know, immortality is like being in a, like in, rec- in a recording, like art music, musicians or whatever, just like when it's recorded or whatever, just you're kind of, that's your immortality, you know? And not that this right. is like, like anywhere near as famous as like a good song, but just, do you get my point? Just that we're, yeah. we're like documenting his life in a weird sort of way, I guess. Yeah, no. And it's been like, that's been one of my cool parts is in a way I get to like spend time with dad in a, in a weird roundabout yeah. way. And I remember this summer yeah. when I was thinking about, you know, like, oh, I don't know what our next episode should be. Like, maybe it's time mm-hmm. to wrap it up. I It really upset me. Like, I started crying, you know, because I wasn't ready to, like, mm-hmm. let that go. And just so our listeners know, we're going to – so this is the last chapter in the Chronicles of Crazy Bill. Uh, we're going to start a new chapter that we will share with you once we get that episode recorded and done and published, but this isn't our last episode ever. This is just the last chapter of the Chronicles of Crazy Bill. And there's a good chance that he'll come up again in different ways. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of make that clear because I don't think Jay Bear and I just talked about it. And like, we can't do a hundred episodes on this. Like we wanted to have, we always right. came at it with the idea like, you know, this is a limited series. This isn't going to go on forever about this particular subject um, or about him, about our dad. So, so yeah, this summer it really upset me and I like started crying and I was like, I kind of had a like surprise. I was like, God, but then I, I real, but then I realized like, oh yeah, because you know, in the, the mid, you know, it was like during like the worst part of the lockdown, everybody's alone. And like, I got to spend time with my dad. You know, yeah. in a, in a weird way, and yeah, that was yeah. cool. That's really but now cool. I, yeah, but now I feel like, and I think you agree. And tell me if I, you don't, but I feel like we've, you know, we've we've mined most of what's there to mine for now, at for, least for now. Like never say yeah. never, but for now, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, man. So anything else? I think I think we're good here. Yeah, no, Rocky J. I think we're good too. Okay, great. Well, I want to thank our listeners for going on this journey with us and stay tuned for the next chapter. It'll be a surprise uh, just because we're working on it. And uh, I think Jay Bear and I are both the same. We don't like to talk too much about what we'll do right. until we've done it. It's yes. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening. If you wanted to write a review, that would be amazing. We actually, I don't know if you saw Jay Bear, we actually had another written review come in since we last recorded, which yeah, was great. That's great. If you want to write us, if you have any questions, if you have any show ideas, write us at uh, Jay Bear. What's our email address? Two brothers, Rocky Jay Bear at gmail.com. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Rocky Jay.